Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's your host, Greg Hush Williams. On this episode of The Finer Life Show, we're going to be talking with Ginger Miller, U.S. Navy veteran and CEO of Women Veterans Interactive, and Jeff Cantor, U.S. Army veteran and founder of the New Jersey Veterans Chambers of Commerce on veteran advocacy. Take a listen. You know, from my perspective, you know, I, I had a very good job when I came back um, from my third deployment overseas, uh, combat deployment. And, uh, I just, I, when I came back, I just didn't fit in. It just didn't seem right. You know, I was doing the job for like 12, 13 years and it just didn't seem right. When I came back, I wasn't, I wasn't in a comfortable place. And then I tried to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. And that's, that's, I think part of the problem that veterans have is they don't know what they want to do at at that particular at that particular moment, right? So they really need to think about what what is it that they want to do. And so, you know, veterans are really, really predisposed, like perfect people to be in, to own their own business, to be in business ownership, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the great work ethic. They they can think outside the box. They can think on their feet. They can run circles around the non-veteran community. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just think that there's there's a ton of resources out there available for, for veterans to help them start their own business. Um, that it's just such a great opportunity right now, especially in New York, New Jersey's coming on board, but uh, there's, there's tremendous opportunities for veteran entrepreneurs right now. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I feel like a lot of veterans and I'm going to, I want to get to the third topic so quickly, but I want to, put a tack right there. I feel a lot of veterans sometimes might be a little scared though of entrepreneurship because even though it has so much freedom and you both are, are, are entrepreneurs, you know, within your, within your own space and, and everything, um, you know, uh, definitely I feel that veterans, they get a little scared when you say business owners because Sometimes if you're not in that executive role as a veteran, you know, maybe an officer or senior non-commissioned officer, you're a little apprehensive, you know, so speak to the power of veteran business owners and VSOs and the power that they have to become advocates to legislators. Would you like to go first, Ginger? I'll go first to that. And, um, there is power within that. I know for like with Women Veterans Interactive, you know, as the CEO, I speak for my members. We are a membership-based nonprofit organization. So not only do we have paid membership, we have, you know, folks who are in our network. But, you know, when I do get the opportunity to speak, you know, before Congress, I'm speaking on behalf of not just my organizations, but women veterans as a whole. But as the CEO of Women Veterans Interactive, I have to be mindful right, of how I act, how I look, how I walk, how I talk, because I am representing some of what I like to say is the baddest women on the planet, you know, so for women veterans, you know, and I I think in particular, when it comes to, you know, testifying on Congress, I think Congress needs to do a better job with opening up their realms to women veteran VSOs, like, I consider us to be a VSO, you know, we do the whole gambit, right, and recently I had an issue, and I'm talking candid here, Recently, I had an issue because um, they had their joint session for this legislative period, 
And they said, oh, we invited um, new VSOs to join the six. Well, you had a minority veteran organization. You had the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. And I believe it was the national, it was a black veteran. I can't remember the name, but I don't want to mess them up. And then it was tribal. So I said, well, wait a minute. And I was hot. I said, where are the women veterans organizations? Oh, well, you know, we kind of fixed it. They said, we didn't know you felt that way, but this particular group, they're minority veterans, right? But they don't speak solely for women veterans. Like they speak for minority veterans and it goes to, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's great. LGBTQ, um, anything other than Caucasian, right? Is that group. But that's not an authentic women veterans voice. And what I explained to them was, listen, they're not speaking for me and my members, right? Um, just because they're at the table, it doesn't mean you not include a WBI. So in essence, you have to be more inclusive. You can't just say, oh, we're gonna be inclusive because they're LGBTQ, non-binary, you know, across the gate. That, that's not being inclusive because you, you've cut out one of the most vulnerable populations and that's women veterans. So what I would like to see, and one of the things that I'm advocating for is for this country and Congress to, to, to recognize women veterans for who we are and our, our nonprofits for who we are and the work that we truly do. Because there were things said during those testimonies that uh, put it to you this way. I'm not gonna say anybody screwed up because that's not who I am. There was a lot of missed opportunities there and the authentic voice of women veterans were not heard. And then you wonder why, you know, as Jeff was saying, we don't have mammogram machines. We don't want to go to the VA. We're not being heard. So, I mean, your first topic of that authentic voice, it goes across the whole gamut, entrepreneurship, nonprofit, CEOs. I mean, it's, it, it just goes back to that. And, and you know, um, I'm here for it. I've, I've been here 10 years. You know, we're only getting stronger. Uh, we get ready to launch the foundation. So, so I just pray that this country really turns the curve with and for women veterans. Yeah, great points there. You know, uh, I, Brother Hush, you uh, brought up a very <laughs> good point before. You know, like NCOs might be a little bit more concerned about going into, you know, entrepreneurship than officers. But, you know, I will tell you from my personal experience, it really doesn't matter your rank in the military and how you perform as an entrepreneur. You know, it's, it's really amazing. Like I, I know a company in New Jersey, based out of New Jersey, uh, they are utility companies run by an E5, former E5, Marine Corps E5. He built it from zero to a $30 million company. Wow. So he is really, uh, he's on fire and he's, he's going to grow exponentially from there too. Um, he's on fire with growth and he just works hard. He's got a great work ethic from being in the military and, and I know senior officers that are mm -hmm. struggling as entrepreneurs that, mm -hmm. that don't know who to talk to or where to turn to. So it really doesn't matter what your rank was in the military. True. Entrepreneurship is another set of skills that goes well with military training. But I'll tell you what, if you work hard and you mm -hmm. meet and get to know the right people, you're, you'll be on a very good trajectory. And, and let me just add to what Jeff just said, and, and that struck a chord with me because it doesn't matter what rank you served in the military. Um, for years, I caught a lot of flack because people would say, like, my goal was to stay for 25 years in the Navy, and then I got a medical discharge. So I, I served four years and got out as an E4. 
And a lot of women that are saying, oh, well, who she thinks she's doing all this stuff? She only got out as the E4. Well, guess what? I'm an entrepreneur. You know, this is women, veterans interactive, not military women. Like I've, I've been a veteran longer than most of you have served. So I know this terrain. So Jeff, you know, you brought that point and that's an excellent point. You know, we should never discount anybody in this entrepreneurship realm or any other realm because of the length of service or rank achieved. Because you're right. I know a lot of officers who are struggling. Retired had, officers at that. <laughs> and I had to say it like that because, so I run across a lot of veterans. They're young and that's another thing. There's so many like these stereotypes. You have to be, you know, seasoned and have mm -hmm. a college degree. Well, college degree does help. That that helps. The, the, the knowledge <laughs> helps. It helps. Uh, but but also, hey, they're online classes and they're just like, I've got this great idea, and I'm like, well, go start a company and do it. Yeah, but you know, I only served two years. That's great. Okay, but you served. Get mm -hmm. out there. Okay, mm -hmm. because you as an entrepreneur you as a mover and shaker within the veteran space, you can create that voice, mm -hmm. that advocacy for your local veteran community. You don't have to wait for that VSO or that veteran organization to speak for you. You Correct. can create your own lane. So that, I, I just, I had to play that stereotype and I wanted to get some people to debunk it because I don't like debunking things myself. So that brings me to this last, uh, this, that, this last point, um, you know, the power of change. I always love talking about the power of change and how sometimes veterans, we don't use it. We don't mm. know how to harness it. And I'm just throwing this out on the table, you know, as veteran entrepreneurs, you know, uh, uh, founders, CEOs, you know, what is the power of advocacy, you know, through affecting change? Uh, I'll go first this time. So um, advocacy is everything. And, and what you need to know is you need to know what organizations are out there that are pushing for you, that are fighting for you, mm -hmm. that you want to be a part of. You know, if you want to be in a certain type of industry you know there are industry advocacy groups out there if you want to be a veteran entrepreneur i'll give you a for perfect example the the new jersey state veterans chamber of commerce is out there fighting every single day to get the three percent set aside for disabled veteran-owned businesses enacted and and followed by each state agency you know new york has a six percent goal for disabled veteran-owned businesses so there's tremendous financial opportunity there um you know a, an organization like the new jersey state veterans chamber of commerce also works with lawmakers to try and establish new legislation that will actually help veterans uh ex exceed their their goals and expectations and actually be more competitive uh, in the marketplace, you know, one one specific, uh, for instance, um, S eighteen sixty six A four zero four two is a disabled veteran price preference goal of ten percent, which means that a, a veteran, if they're bidding on a certain job, and all things being equal, the veteran will get a ten percent price preference on their proposal. So stuff like that will allow the veteran to compete in the open bid process 
where historically they haven't been because they've been disadvantaged before. So organizations like the Veterans Chamber is out there trying to get uh, those bills passed, signed into law, um, and advocating on behalf of, of veterans. And I, I agree. Um, and also, you know, I'm not going to steal just under, but I just want to add that as veterans, you know, we have to really be our own advocates first, because if we don't believe that we can do it, nobody else can pump you up. Nobody else can make you do it. But, you know, we have to really dig deep within ourselves and use all of the things that we learned in the military to make it from point A to point B all the way to Z. You know, because I had to become my own advocate. There was no one advocating for me the way that I wanted them to. You know, and it goes back, um, Brother Kush, to your first point of having that veteran's voice. I mean, it ties into everything that we do as a veteran. I didn't consider myself an entrepreneur for a very long time, but I'm an entrepreneur who started a nonprofit organization. You know, and it was a little bit harder because when you look at the nonprofit military community, there's not a lot of women veterans at the helm, there's not a lot of black women veterans at the helm. So, I mean, I was like, where do I go? Who do I talk to? So I just looked at what everybody else was doing and, and looked at the gaps with my own population and continue to charge hard and network, you know, as much as I could. But none of this would have been possible if I didn't believe in myself. And I think that's the great thing about entrepreneurs. That those of us who are successful, you got to believe in yourself. Because everybody is, is not going to believe in you at the very beginning. They just don't. You know, everybody wants you to be in the magazines once you've done something great. But it takes so long to do that. You know what I'm saying? So I think, you know, as entrepreneurs, it's up to us, number one, to believe in ourselves. And for those of us who are strong enough, you know, pull somebody else along. Give somebody else an encouraging word or something. Send them a directory. Send them to the New Jersey Veteran Chamber of Commerce. You know, do something. You know, we, we so all have to help each other. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask this question and then, you know, uh, we'll end this show. Um, there are probably some veterans watching this and they're saying, well, this sounds all nice. You know, I'm not a business owner. You know, I, I don't want to start a business. I just want to, you know, work the nine to five, but I feel I want to have my voice heard. What would you say to the everyday veteran, you know, who maybe they're a student veteran, maybe they're a spouse now and they're at home, but they want to have their voice heard? How do veterans amplify their voices? It goes back to what Jeff said. You find an organization that you can directly align with. You know, um, advocacy doesn't always mean that you yourself are, is, are going up to Capitol Hill to, to meet with legislators. But, you know, you can, you know, write your congressman for yourself. But I would really suggest find an organization, a nonprofit organization, a veteran organization that align with your beliefs and the things that you want to see change and align yourself with that organization and make that organization a stronger voice for the population that you directly relate to. Yeah, and I would say, you know, and, and if you're not an entrepreneur, if you just have a, you know, nine to five job, as you say, which I don't know if those actually exist anymore. <laughs> but <laughs> if you have a, you know, just a, a very a, a job instead of being an entrepreneur, there are employee resource groups that yes. a lot of different companies mm -hmm. that you can be a part of and join together with other veterans mm -hmm. in the organization. And what's really good about that is you get to network mm -hmm. with other veterans and then you can find out, you can ask them questions like, well, what's this job like, you know, or what do you think mm. about this? 
bounce ideas off them. And if you want to go for another job, you have people that are helping you and fighting for you. I would say the best in the business for that is Johnson and Johnson. They have a ah. veteran leadership council that is by far the greatest uh, employee resource group I've ever seen. They really make a difference in veterans' lives, both within the organization and outside of the organization. I agree. And then, you know, the great thing with those employee resource groups, like they come together as veterans and then they also go in the, into the community to serve veterans in need. So you kind of get the best of both worlds that way. True. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Thank you for tuning into the Finer Life show. Listen, if you want to find us on the web, please check us out at www.mb5kings2017.org. That is www.mbphikings2017.org.